Whenever you stream or download a podcast, you need to be sure that the podcast you choose is suitable for the audience at home. To help you, there are warnings and descriptions that tell you broadly what the podcast is like. This podcast has been classified as explicit, which means it is for adults only. It is bad parenting on your part if you allow your child to listen to this filth and then get out of your pram when they repeat what they have heard. An explicit podcast will certainly have an adult theme and, if the host webcams are switched on, may contain strong scenes of sex or violence, or a combination of both, that could be quite graphic. It will definitely contain spoilers and some explicit language, which will frequently mean sexual swear words, such as shit, fuck, bugger, bollocks, wank and twat. One of them may even say poo at one point. The warnings are there to give you the chance to make an informed choice. They allow you to have peace of mind and hopefully be entertained by these two idiots and their degenerate ways. And if this disclaimer isn't warning enough for what you're about to hear and you go ahead and listen just so you can get offended, then fuck it. We warned you and you only have yourself to blame. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the podcast. scare anyone, but I'm going to give it to you straight about Jason. His body was never recovered from the lake after he drowned. And if you listen to the old timers in town, they'll tell you he's still out there. Camp Crystal Lake is jinxed. He's got a death curse. Some folks claim they've even seen him right in this area. Who's that? Oh, Hi. What are you doing on this mess? The girl who survived that night at Camp Blood, that Friday the 13th, she claimed she saw him. The boy, is he dead too? We didn't find any boy. Then he's still there. Disappeared two months later. <coughs> Legend has it that Jason saw his mother beheaded that night. <coughs> and he took his revenge. that he'll continue to seek if anyone ever enters his wilderness again. Jason was my son, and today is his birthday. That's a good boy. Good
everybody, and welcome to the Ancient Slumber Podcast, show number 30. My name is Chris Ward, and joining me for a little discussion is Myron Schmidt. How you doing, Myron? Hello, Chris. Doing great. Good. Doing great. Good. Even though you had a flat tyre. Even, even though I had a flat tyre, yes. Oh, well. Yes. These things are sent to try us. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Well, show number 30. We've made it to the big 3-0. Yeah. And it, you mentioned to me off air that we've been doing this for two years. Yes. By the time this hits, it will be our two-year anniversary. Wow. So happy birthday. Yeah, happy birthday or something like that. <laughs> ah, take a quick swig of Coke to, to celebrate. Yep. There we go. Yeah, two years. So um, who'd have thought it, eh? Talking shite for two years and we're still here. <laughs> coke i thought you would do monster oh no i had a can of coke in the fridge so it saved me going down the uh down the shop ah gotcha mentioning brand names not that we're advertising it could be anything cola drink in a red can oh there we go that's right i was given it free by the local chinese takeaway last night <laughs> oh there you go there you go so i thought i'll have that today yum 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 <laughs> Well, been a busy time since we last recorded because I went to Fright Fest. Yes, you did. How was your first Fright Fest over across the pond? It was absolutely brilliant. I really enjoyed myself. I uh, saw lots of films. Uh, I got to meet up with my good friend Luke Owen from Flickering Myth. Excellent. We did we? Uh, who sort of? He was my guide for the weekend, if you like. So uh, yeah, say hi to Luke and. Yeah, I saw lots of uh, great films. I only did the two days. I didn't do the full five days. It goes for five days? Yeah, wow. Thursday till Monday. So Cult of Chucky and Leatherface were on the Thursday and Friday night, and I didn't get to them because I had to work. Boo. But, yes, I was there for the Saturday and the Sunday. Wow. Wow. Who did you meet? What was your best film? Oh, best film. My best film was probably Victor Crowley, the new Hatchet film. Really? Yes. Yes, I really enjoyed that. That's cool. Even though I had to miss the last 10 minutes because I had to go and catch a train, which was a bastard. But Luke filled me in on what happened. So. <laughs> but yeah, up until that Very point, cool. I was really enjoying it. Yeah, that was great. Adam Green came out and introduced that and uh, gave a fairly emotional speech about um, it was George Romero who was the inspiration to uh, for him to make it. Ah. That was okay, all cool. Okay, good. Good. That was all cool. I also got to see Attack of the Adult Babies. The new film by Dominic Brunt, which I really enjoyed. Okay. Um, I don't know how well that would translate to an American audience, I'll be honest, because it is very, very British. Gotcha. I don't know. Do you, are you familiar with the Benny Hill show? Yes. Yeah, it, it's the Benny Hill show, but sort of slightly darker with a bit more poo in it. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> if you can catch oh. it anywhere, it's doing the festival rounds at the moment around the uk so if you can catch it somewhere do go and see it but um, i got to meet dominic actually and his wife joanne out in the foyer before the film oh yes very nice very nice people they are too um yeah i was a big fan of Bates, his second film which i think was 2015 which is my favorite film of that year so uh, yeah i was very pleased to catch this and uh, yes i enjoyed it immensely I watched a I watched a poo laden film one time and it was <laughs> oh god it was so bad I mean I I can't even describe how bad it was it's a movie called Cuso oh no, I don't know that yeah well just oh Jesus God it was bad yeah Attack of the Adult Babies is very very funny it's basically grown men in nappies getting treated like babies <laughs> and there's a, there's a there's a more of a plot to it but that's basically it so. <laughs> Plenty of visual gags. Very good. 
Uh, what else did I see? I'm just looking at my... I got to see Blood from the Mummy's Tomb, the Hammer film, which was uh, shown at the Prince Charles Cinema. That was a uh, restoration. It's coming out on Blu-ray next month, but they showed that down there, introduced by Kim Newman. That was really good. My first Hammer film I've ever seen on the big screen. Oh, very nice. So, uh, yeah, that was lots of fun. And what else did I see? I saw a film called Killing Ground, which was... An Kill- Austra- Sorry. Killing what? Killing Ground. Oh, okay. It was um, an Australian film campers go out into the woods and meet up with the local redneck type things nothing we haven't seen before but uh done fairly well so uh yeah i quite enjoyed that here i was hoping it was a bigfoot found footage movie no i would not have gone to see that <laughs> that would not not have happened <laughs> i watched a film called the end which was a zombie film uh italian I think it was, yes. Italian zombie film. Really, really good, actually. I quite enjoyed that. It's about a guy who gets trapped in his in the uh, lift or the elevator in his office during a zombie outbreak. Huh. Any good? Very much single location type thing, but uh, very, very well done. Interesting. Okay. Uh, very much reminded me. You, you remember Demons 2? There's that scene in the lift where there's two people trapped and the security guard tries to get them out and then the demons attack. Yes. Yeah, it's basically that stretched out to a length of a film. Oh, okay, okay. But uh, very, yeah, very, very owes a lot to Demons too. There are lots and lots of references in there. But uh, yeah, really enjoyed that. So that's one to look out for. And I'm looking back at my letterbox list. I watched a film called Jackals. Don't know if you've heard of that one. Now I I have. That's the that's the cult film, right? Yes, got Stephen Dorff in it. How is it? I'm I'm kind of interested in that one. Um, it's okay. It's not amazing. It's sort of you want it to do more than it actually does. Um, I gave it three stars at the time. It's certainly very watchable and there's a nice atmosphere to it. But um, have you ever seen the film, the strangers? Uh, yes, I believe so. It's a bit like that. It's a bit like the beginning bit of the void, you know, when they're in the hospital and they got the people outside trying to get in that type of thing. It's, it's basically that. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. To do with deprogramming from cults, but um, yeah, it was good, but not, great as i wanted it to be do you know what i mean yeah yeah, yeah. i do yeah but um if, if it comes as well if you ever see it on netflix or anything like that then w- worth a watch i think it is coming to netflix oh well, there you go you'll probably you'll probably get more of it than i would okay okay i think you'll like it i watched a film called alone which was a french film Ooh. yeah this was probably the weakest one of the ones i saw uh boo boo yeah it's very much in the same vein as 28 Days Later, but without the zombies, <laughs> if that makes sense. Teenager goes goes to sleep, wakes up, everybody's disappeared and everything seems to have stopped. And then she has to go and find out why. She meets up with other people along the way, all that type of stuff. Got it. The first half was really good. The actual setup was really, really good. And the lead actress, uh, I can't pronounce her name, Sophia Leslie Safra or something. Um, she was really good. And then it, the film gets to a point and it just falls apart and the last bit becomes really preachy. And <laughs> I didn't like it. Oh, don't like the preachy stuff. Don't like the preachy stuff. Yeah, got a little bit spiritual and preachy at the end and I didn't really like it. But the first half was really good. I quite enjoyed the setup of it. Oh, nice. That was probably the weakest one. And the other one I saw was a Spanish film called The Bar. Spanish has got possibilities. It, it was actually really, really good. After Victor Crowley, it was probably my favourite one of the weekend. Um, yeah, it's basically a group of people 
in a bar in Spain, something happens outside and they're trapped, they're trapped in the bar. And it's the sort of the thing you've seen before in Night of the Living Dead and the thing where, you know, a group of people are close together and paranoia kicks in and all that type of stuff. And people go off into their little groups and all that sort of thing. Ah, got it. Really, really good film. A little bit long. It's not really a horror film, but there's horror bits in it. And there's it sort of does it in sections where you go, oh, that bit's like Night of the Living Dead. And then you go, that bit's like um, The Thing. And, you know, all these bits come into it. But right, right. And just when you think you know where it's going, it switches and goes somewhere else. But I think it does it one too many times. Ah. You could shave 20 minutes off of it and probably be a bit tighter. Nice. Apart from that, really, really enjoy it if you uh, if you come across it. Okay. So, yeah, those were the films I saw. Very cool. Very cool. Right, then. Should we move on? Uh, Yeah, let's move on. Have you bought anything? What we've been buying. What we've been buying. Um, I have. I have. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Whatever it is, I can't remember. Yeah, I have. What did I buy? Um, uh, so, I'm scrolling down my list because I did buy something I wanted to mention. Oh, yes. I bought... Reanimator, the Arrow video box set. Ah, uh, yes, yes, you were you were hot on the trail of that one. I was, I wanted that one. Yeah, US only release, unfortunately, but the disc is region free. Oh Jesus! Oh, yeah, it was uh, it was pretty pricey over here. I got it for thirty eight pounds, including the postage. That's not bad. That's not bad, is it? Yeah, yeah. When I looked around for you, I could get it to you for that kind of price. Yes, it's got the director's cut, the theatrical cut, and it's got what is called the integral cut, which has got um footage that has never been seen in any other version in it. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, which is why I wanted it. Um, yeah, it's good. I can see why Stuart Gordon cut the extra stuff out because it make the it does sort of not slow the film up but make it feel a bit stodgier than it needs to be. Gotcha. Yeah, it's a nice set. It's a nice uh, two disc set from Arrow. Really enjoyed that in a lovely box. And what else have I got? There was something else. I really should be more organised than this, shouldn't I? Oh, I bought Day of the Animals. I've never heard of it. Never heard of Day of the Animals. Oh, you'll love it. Um, It's from the 70s. It's one of those um, post-Jaws, Nature Gone Wild things. Christopher Jaws, ah. Leslie Nielsen. I picked it up at Fright Fest, actually, on DVD. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I saw it on TV years ago, probably the late 80s, and um, I've never seen it since. And then I was, I was going through this rack of DVDs at Fright Fest. It's, oh, it's there. Six pounds. Have some of that. <laughs> it's it's absolutely nuts. It is a group of people go out climbing in the mountains. Uh, they get trapped. Storm moves in. All that usual nonsense. And um, all the animals go mental, basically. Um, and if you've ever wanted to see Leslie Nielsen strip down to the waist and wrestle a bear, then this is your film. Uh, no, thank you. I, oh. I've seen enough of, of Donald Sutherland's butt to last me a lifetime. I don't need to see Leslie Nielsen's chest. You, uh, I'll tell you, it's <laughs> it's worth watching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a mad film. I'm sure... Uh, it's one of those. I'm sure Amanda, our love, lovely friend Amanda, has probably got lots to say about it because Christopher George is in it. But um, yeah, it's, ah, yeah, it's, it's it's three star film, but I did really enjoy it, and I'm glad I own it. Speaking of that, our lovely friend Amanda is visiting across the pond again. Oh yes, she is. She is. She's over in our land somewhere, given uh given another uh a TV movie speech. I know, fantastic. Yeah, anything else I bought? Oh, yeah, I bought Return of the Living Dead 3 on Blu-ray because I love that film and it looks really good on Blu-ray. 
there you go. There you go. You don't need much more of an excuse than that. No, not at all. And you get to see the lead actress's titties in full HD. There you go. They always seem to be obscured in the old video version for some reason. (laughs) 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 Oh, I had to mention titties at Uh, some point. Right then, go on. What what you bought? We're, we're, we're like 12. Yeah. Um, I've been doing a couple of things. I've been kind of filling the old back catalog and keeping up with Marvel DC Universe. So I, I picked up the new Wonder Woman fabulous movie. Okay, that's out here next month. Yeah, it's a good movie. I really, really liked it. I mean, I really liked it. I picked up the, the second Punisher, not the Dolph Lundgren, but the Thomas Jane version. All right. That was pretty good. It's all right. And apart from Travolta, it's all right. Yeah, well, you know, Johnny. <laughs> that's Scientologist. Do you think they missed an opportunity in that film? Well, you know that bit where he's in the old building and that big Russian sailor type guy attacks him? (laughs) Don't you think that should have been Dolph Lundgren? Yes, yes. Wouldn't that have been perfect? Well, it it looks just like Dolph Lundgren. Yeah, exactly. And as Dolph played in (laughs) Punisher before, that would have been perfect. Yes, yes, it would have. And then, of course, I picked up the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. You know, I mean, it's a good movie. I've got no interest in that whatsoever. (laughs) <laughs> I watched the first one. I didn't like it. And then I've been, I've been, I don't know why, but I've been filling the back catalog a little bit. I picked up the uh, airport, the complete collection. So it's got all what, oh, four I, of them on there. Has it got the one with Christopher Lee in it? Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, yes, yeah. it does. Excellent. Yeah. Is that airport 79? No, airport 77. 77. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cause he gets killed underwater. Poor That's Christopher. It. Yeah. But he always, he always comes back. <laughs> this has got uh 79 is the concord one yeah where it uh the the, Con- the concord jet actually dodges missiles and planes it was uh it was awesome <laughs> i've saw the they used to be on telly a lot in the 80s and i have seen them all at some point but uh, not for years yeah and then i uh routed out the the predators collection that i did not have so i bought the three pack ah yes on Blue- on Blu-ray, Predator, Predator 2, of Predators. What did you think of Predators? Uh, I haven't watched it yet. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. And then I filled out, I, I never owned a copy of Starship Troopers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I picked up the, uh, Walmart over here has these uh, older older movies on 4K. Okay. That when you get the 4K, you get the DVD and the digital code. So I just bought the 4K because it was, you know, a buck or two more than the movie. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, I think there's a 20th anniversary edition, isn't there, of that? Oh, uh, that's the one that I have. That's the one you have. Oh, yeah. But I've got the old DVD of it. Yeah. Oh, that's a great film, that is. Yeah, exactly. I bet that looks pretty good in 4K. Yeah. Yeah. And, of course, you know what I pre-ordered. Um, hang on. Let me think. Let me think. What have you pre-ordered? Uh, Never been released. Never been released. Pal Keepsy tapes. Yep. <laughs> Pre-ordered that bad boy from Amazon. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I did see a bit about that. Is that getting a UK release? Do we know? No. No, US only. Oh, okay. It's Scream Factory that's releasing it. Okay. Fair. Oh, that'd be region locked then, I presume. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, never mind. I've seen it anyway. <laughs> and I noticed it at uh, uh, Walmart. Hmm. They had uh, the movie Raw. Do you remember that movie from this year? Um... Yes, I haven't seen it, but I know the one you mean, yes. Yeah, Seven, $18 for a DVD. $18 is... I'm not paying 18 bucks for a DVD. No Blu-ray, just DVD. 
Very well, let me have a look on here, how much it is over here. £10, brand new, over here. Yep. That's probably about the same, yeah? It's, uh, well, no. That'll probably go down in price pretty quick, though, I'd imagine. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for that. Okay, yeah, I haven't seen that. It is on my list of ones to watch, but, yeah, I'll get it. Yeah, it's one I'd like, I'd like to see before the end of the year. Yeah, if it turns up in a bargain bin or second hand for, like, three quid, I'll pick it up then. Or if it lands on streaming for me. Or, yeah, or Shudder or Netflix or whatever. Yep, yep, yep. Excellent. Right, anything else? Uh, no, no. No, okie dokie. Should we do some good, some bad, some ugly? Oh, God, yes, let's do that. Right. Go on, then. Hit us with a good film you've seen. I'm actually going to the obvious Hail Mary good one. Uh, Probably the best horror movie I've seen this year is the movie It. <laughs> well, let me stop you there, because that was going to be my good as well. So let's talk about it together. Yes, let's do that. Uh, Fantastic, fantastic movie. Okay. I'm not going to say fantastic. I'm going to say very good. Why just very good? Because I didn't think it was fantastic. Okay. <laughs> do you have a reason why or just didn't click with you? or? It does click with me. I do like the film. I thought it was very good. But um, I think... This is going to make me sound like a real snobby wanker, but it's it's a mainstream horror film. And yes, very. Yeah. So, and I think for a mainstream horror film, it's pretty much perfect. It does exactly what it sets out to do. And yes. everybody loves it. Everyone who doesn't like horror films is still going to go and see it. That's why it's doing so well. It's four star film for me, just because it doesn't go completely disgustingly grimy like I like, really, basically. But it's never going to. So. Ah, okay. No, no, it's never going to. It's never going to do that. It's a bit polished, bit polished for me. There you go. Gotcha. I I thought it was a uh, um, it was pretty faithful to the source material. Plus, it was it's, just a it was just an interesting coming of age horror type movie. And yes. I really I I enjoyed all the characters. All the kids did a fantastic job. I thought. I really like the kid who plays Richie, the one with the glasses. Yes, yes. Yeah, I thought he was really good. <laughs> yeah, they, they it, it uh, well acted, well directed. Yeah, it's very mainstream. But I'll tell you, it's in contention of the uh, contention for movie of the year with me. Um, it's likely to be in my top ten. God, I hope so. Yeah, yeah. I think my experience of it was hampered a bit by the fucking morons who were in the cinema with me, which you probably saw me ranting about it on Twitter. Yes. Do you guys have a big problem with that in the UK? Yes. Okay, all right. You're not allowed to go and sit and watch a film and enjoy it now. You have to tolerate fucking idiots who can't stop talking, who can't sit still, who have to get their phones out and have to shout to their mates and all this sort of crap. Oh, yeah, that that is, that's bad. The staff that are um, employed in our big chain cinemas now are teenagers, basically, and teenagers, if you go out and complain, the teenage staff aren't going to come in and throw these people out. Right, right. So you have to end up taking it upon yourself to be a bit vigilante with them. Well, at, at least I'm fortunate, even with my work hours, that I can go at odd times. So yeah. I don't go at I don't go at night. I go in the middle of the day. I go to the more expensive theater with the reclining seats. And when we went to see it, there was like eight adults in the theater. Mm. It was glorious. Yeah, I went on a Sunday afternoon about four o'clock. I thought I'd be all right. And it was just there were two groups of teenage kids either side of me. One group just wouldn't stop eating and talking to each other. And the other one 
this kid just kept getting up, walking out, coming back in, walking out, coming back in, shouting. Has the film started yet? Uh. So in the end, I just said, look, sit down and shut the fuck up. What, right. what, what? I said, me to watch a film, not listen to you piss about. Now sit down. <laughs> and he did, but then he continued to sort of slurp his drink loudly and play with the seats and all this sort of crap, you know, flip oh, the geez. seats up and down. You think, oh, just why? Why would you pay money to sit there and be irritating to people? Because they're not paying money. They're using their parents' money. Oh, probably. So, uh, yeah, that my experience was hampered by it. So, yeah, I mean, when it comes to Blu-ray, I shall certainly get it and sit down and hopefully uh, enjoy it a bit more. But, yeah, the film itself, yeah. the film itself, though, yeah, very good. I really like the 80s setting. I think they got the details right of it being 1989. Yes, I think that they did, too. Yeah, because I, I was that age that the kids are in the film in 1989. So I was getting all the references, like all the new kids on the block references and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I love it when they walk, they walk past the cinema in the film and it says showing now Batman, Lethal Weapon 2 and Nightmare on Elm Street 5. I was like, oh, <laughs> summer of 89 was just fucking brilliant, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, got all that. Really enjoyed that. So the guy who plays the uh, Pennywise, what's his name? Bill Skarsgård, I thought was really, really good. Yes, he was very, very good. Yeah. Again, it's it's a mainstream horror film. It's very polished. But if it gets other people into horror films and it, it gets the interest there, then I'm all for it. Yeah, exactly. 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 Just, it, I mean, it's a lot like Get Out. It, Get Out. Yes. It's a very polished, very mainstream horror movie. But if it gets gets people watching, that's fantastic. That's it. That's it. Yeah, it's really good. So and apparently the uh, Blu-ray is going to have some extra footage, like a director's cut version. Oh, nice. So nice. an extra 15 minutes, I think I read somewhere. Yeah. So that's good, yeah. Looking forward to part two. Yeah, King Material and King in general right now is, is the hot commodity. Yeah, it seems to have come back in, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a lot going on with uh, on streaming and whatnot, so. Yeah, oh, well, all good. Gets people watching. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, do you want to give us a bad film you've seen? Yes. Now, you may recall that I expressed some jubilation in a found footage only channel. Uh, so i i I mean i subscribed for a whole year of course you have 20 bucks okay why why not that's the budget of the films they show oh god they it it took a few days i had to do some roku firmware updates and some resets and really go through a big to do to get this to go but it finally started so i watched i'm watching the films in order i'm not not cherry picking anything uh, there's only about 41 movies, and the first two I watched, the first one was um, a 34-minute short called Seven. Right. And the next one I watched was a, a uh, you know, Aliens Invade the Earth movie called Nightfall. Okay. Now, if the remaining movies on this channel are of this quality, I will sigh all over the place. They were, <sighs> they were, I don't even know if the word abysmal even covers it. Seven was just, oh, dear God, please make it stop. And it was only 30 minutes long. Can I stop you there, Night, Myron? Nightfall was... Can I stop you there, yeah. Myron? What were you expecting? <laughs> what did you think was going to happen? That, that's what I expected. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I expected. So you've signed up to this found footage channel, and the first two films you've watched are shit. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. Okay, lesson learned there. I've I moved on to the third one. Yeah. And that's called Leaving DC, and that one was, was pretty good. Okay. 
And then I started, but I have yet to finish uh, because I ran out of time. Uh, a movie called Be My Cat, a film for Anne. <laughs> okay. Now, I, I've been searching this movie out because actually it was mentioned by, um, God, who is it? Ah, uh, geez. The Blumhouse site as okay. you know, one of the, the top unheard of found footage movies to watch, one of the top ten. Okay. And it's actually pretty good. I, I was, I'm impressed with this one, but I got to finish it to see how it ends up. Right. It was that, it was that good. You couldn't watch it all in one go. I ran out of time. I had to do something. I shouldn't have started it, but I did. I'm so anxious to see it. Okay. Okay. But you know, I'm, I'm a masochist. I got, you know, what? 37 <laughs> more movies to go and I'm going to watch. Masochist. All you're a bit of a fucking mug by the sounds of it. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> Oh God! I, you know what? You do these things where you're so hopeful, and the first five minutes you're just you're like, I knew it was going to be like this. I knew it was going to be like this, <laughs> but you can't help yourself. You paid for it now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You'll I get did. your twenty dollars worth. Uh, yep, it is out the window. Uh, I'm hoping to recoup my twenty dollars. <laughs> uh, I probably will. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh. Uh, but you know, <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, you get what you pay for. Don't you? <laughs> <laughs> but hey, I'm at least hopeful that there'll be uh, some ability to to bring other movies to it that are more difficult to see um, in the found footage realm. There's a reason that these films are pretty much unavailable. Because <laughs> no one wants to see them. I know they're going to have a hard time because Shutter usually scoops up the top ones. So it, it, it's going to be, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I'm hoping next month when we record, I'll have better things to report. I know you can't wait. <laughs> oh, well, we, I'll wait with bated press on that one. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> but as, as you expected, the first foray into it didn't go well. Oh dear. Oh dear. Oh dear. <laughs> All right. Then. And, and to be honest, I'm not even sure what the plot of the short was. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like I, <laughs> oh god you ever watch a 34 minute short where you just think you've sat for five hours it was that kind of movie okay well you paid for that privilege so yes I, I deserve it What's a your fool bad? and his money <laughs> yes <laughs> right then my bad I struggled actually with a bad this month because I haven't watched anything that's been really terrible oh for a change but I have picked a film um, which I'm putting it in bad only because it's a rewatch and I didn't like it as much second time. So it's the nearest I could come. It's a film called Hammer of the Gods uh, from huh. 2013. It's, um, you know, Vikings invading England, that type of stuff. Low budget. A right. couple of faces in it you may know. James Cosmo, who plays the dad in Train Spottings in it. And uh, okay. I- Ivan Kay, who's in a comedy called The Green Green Grass. He's in it. And Glynis Barber's in it. I like this. I reviewed this originally in 2013 uh, for a site I was working on at the time, and I quite liked it. And then I rewatched it the other day and went, actually, this is quite shit, isn't it? Um, <laughs> but it's not shit as in really terrible. It's just bland. I don't know why. I liked it at the time, rewatched it now, and it's just not very good. There are a couple of good fight scenes in it, and the acting's okay, but it is sort of CGI blood, and yeah, it's a thing. I watched it. I probably won't watch it again. <laughs> two stars there you go yeah not yeah, terrible not the worst thing I've seen but probably the worst thing I've seen this month so 
Yeah, sounds like you had a better go of your bad than I did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> go on, then. What's your ugly? Oh, now this movie is a it is an awesome movie, but it's just ugly because of the. It's just it's just an ugly movie. I mean, it's just you know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's a classic. It's called Doctor Black and Mister Hyde. Have you uh, seen it? Uh, no, I haven't, but it is almost because Duncan did this on his show recently, didn't he? Yes, yes. Yeah, I know the film, but I've never actually seen it. So it's on YouTube. Yes, it yeah. is. Yeah, I will be queuing it up to watch it at some point this week, hopefully. Oh, you have to. Yeah. Oh, you, you have to. Right in my ballpark, I think. Yeah, Silky the Pimp in there is awesome. It, you know, the doctor turns into an albino white vampire. It's... <laughs> <laughs> God, it's this... <laughs> it's got... It has got absolutely everything you can think of for a black exploitation movie. You know, the acting is horrible. The plot is stupid. I mean, it's just. It's, but, but I love it. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. The, the, the special effects are shite. The movie quality is ugly. It just, yeah, it is. But yet but you it's still awesome. liked it. <laughs> yes, yes. There you go. And there you go. That, that is, you asked me a couple of weeks ago about Grindhouse films. That is what we like. They're shit, but we like them. You can't explain it. This is definitely a, a a Chris Ward movie for sure. Oh well, yes, yes. Yeah, I shall be watching it at some point this week. There you go. <laughs> yeah, Duncan was very uh, enthusiastic about it in his review. Yes, yes, he was. Yeah, <laughs> and I wholeheartedly stand behind his his enthusiastic review. Yes. I don't even know if it's on DVD anywhere or Blu-ray or anything. It is on DVD. From the States, I think, but it's quite expensive to get over here if you want to get it through Amazon markets or whatever. Yeah. I, I think there is a, a US one DVD somewhere. I am just shocked that Arrow hasn't put out, has not, or, or uh, Scream Factory hasn't grabbed this up because it's, I mean, it's right in their ballpark. Yeah, certainly a suggestion. Yeah, might put it to them. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, I shall check it out and I shall let you know what I think. Go on, give us an ugly. Um, my ugly, I know you haven't seen this film because it's a film we've sort of discussed on Twitter this week, is a Serbian film. Yes, I have not seen that film. I I honestly thought it was a found footage film. No, it's not a found footage film. Not necessarily found footage, but just that whole almost through the, the lens of cameras film. I thought that. I don't know why. No, there's an element to that because one of the characters picks up a film, a video camera, sorry, and he, he looks at stuff that's been filmed on it, but it's not filmed in a sort of shaky cam way or that type of stuff, you know. Okay, okay. It still looks very uh, like a regular film. But, uh, yeah, I watched, I watched this years ago. I watched it about seven years ago, the full uncut version. I got the screener disc that was doing the right. rounds at the time. And then recently I saw the UK censored version and it was only like a pound second hand so i thought well i'll pick it up and have a look and see see if i can compare to the uncut one and uh yeah i it feels weird to say i like a serbian film because it doesn't show you in a good light <laughs> but i do like it as a film okay i think it's so well made uh the acting's good the effects are good the subject matter is obviously questionable but if you go into it viewing it as uh the metaphor that the directors say that it is, yeah, it, it's torture porn taken to the extreme. There you go. Gotcha. So well made. Um, the UK cut version is actually, ironically, it does that thing where they cut out something that you see and it actually makes it more intense by not seeing it. Oh, Jesus. 
Of you know, course. You know how that happens sometimes? Uh, what you don't yes. see is more powerful? Yeah, it, it sort of got that effect, really. Oh, that's funny. So, yeah, I think if you do pick up the uh, the cut version at any point, it's pretty horrific enough if you're not gonna, if you're not used to that sort of thing. Gotcha. But I still okay. think films should be seen uncut anyway. So. Yes, yes. Yeah, but for me, I, it's a film that I like because I like extreme things, as you well know, and, you know, I look at it for what it is. It's a bit of film <laughs> that's well gotcha. made. Bit of film that's well made. Have you ever heard uh, Baz's take on the Serbian film? I have, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I think if you if somebody had seen some of the August Underground films and those types of things, and they go, oh, this, uh-huh. this stuff's shit. Yes, that is shit. That is just... Yes, it is. Absolutely. There's no artistic merit to that crap whatsoever. No. But a Serbian film is a well-made, well-put-together film, and if you view it, View it with the intention that with the director's intentions, and I think it, it works. There is a there is a found footage movie. It's called uh, what is it called? Like uh, Sam Man or something like that. It's S after Sand M. Man oh or something. yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard yeah. of that. Yeah. And they they uh, it's supposed to be about you know the the cult underground toe tag, which did August Underground kind of films, hmm. and it's it's just as bad as August Underground films. Yeah. Jesus. Those films are shite. I mean, I'm not yeah. say they shouldn't exist or anything like that because fuck it, I haven't made a film and these people have. So good luck yeah. to them. But yeah, exactly. But they are terribly badly put together. No artistic merit. They are there just for shock value, and that's it. And it's not shocking. It's just comical. Yeah, it's not even shocking. That's just the problem. Is you know, yeah. it's so at least Serbian films got a story to it. There is a point to it. I mean, it's uh, you know those kind of movies are people trying to be shocking that that just can't be shocking. You know, yeah, yeah. They don't, they don't understand what shocking is. No, that's just picking up a camera and flinging blood and guts at people. That's not shocking. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Using brown or baddie as poo. You know, brown or bad, or uh, you know, brownie mix mix with water as poo. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, Fudge come cake. on, guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so yeah, so my ugly Serbian film. I do enjoy it, but yeah, it is an ugly film to watch. Gotcha. There we go. Right then, should we move on to our main features? Yes. I think we've waffled on long enough. Right then, let's kick off the beginning of our Friday the 13th run with Friday the 13th. Hello? Who's that? Oh, hi. What are you doing out in this mess? One. Imagination. 
1980, directed by Sean S. Cunningham, starring Betsy Palmer, Adrienne King, Kevin Bacon, Harry Crosby, Mark Nelson, Janine Taylor, Robbie Morgan, Walt Gorney, and Deborah S. Hayes. Synopsis for this one, a group of camp counsellors are stalked and murdered by an unknown assailant while trying to reopen a summer camp, which, years before, was the site of a child's drowning. Yes. Well, that's quite a heavy plot for a slasher film, isn't it? <laughs> that it is. That, that it is. is. So, had you seen this one before? Yes, yes. Because yeah. I know some of these you haven't. I I have seen the first four. Okay. Before. So the four we're talking about today, you've seen, right? Yeah. And, and matter of fact, I've even seen. Th- was it three? Possibly number four at the movie theater. Because I mean, this was this is my high school years. Yes. Okay. Right then, so where did you first see Friday the 13th? You didn't see this at the cinema then? No, I saw it on uh, video t- VHS. VHS, okay, yeah. This was one of those films where I've told you before about when my aunt had Sky TV in the 80s. Yes, and I used yes. to cycle down with videotapes, yeah. So this was one of them. I saw this, I bought the videotape home. It was. I remember this, it was a Friday night. Everyone else in the house had gone out. I was probably about 11, 12, <laughs> about 11 I think. I put this tape in on my own and I watched this film. I'd seen part three already. Okay. So I went into it thinking, ah, you know, Jason's the killer, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, and I got this. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I must say, it's still one of the best movie watching experiences I've ever had. Really? Really. I love this film. You you knew uh, what was going to, what you thought was going to happen. Yeah. What I thought was going to happen and it didn't happen. Yeah. And I think that's the great thing about this first Friday the 13th is that it's totally different from the rest of the series. Right, right. I mean, especially, well, I mean, it's so talked about now, but if you go into it thinking you're going to see Jason in a hockey mask, it's a, it's a very pleasant, pleasant surprise. Absolutely. Yeah. We got our camp count. The plot's pretty much the same. We got our camp counselors opening up the summer camp, Camp Crystal Lake, and, and they get picked off one by one. Yes. That yes. Is more or less the plot. So up until about 20 minutes before the end of the film, it is fairly similar to the rest of the Friday the 13th series. Yes. And then we find out who the killer is. That's right. That's right. Yeah. It's not a spoiler because if you've seen Scream, it tells you in that. It's Jason's mum. Exactly. But you know know what strikes me about about this movie Mm. um, compared to Halloween is the lack of flying gore. Yes. It's not... 
gore-filled movie. Now, yes, there are knives and spears and, and whatnot pierced through people, but it's not like we don't see, you know, blood going. It's all, you know, beautifully done, short, practical effects um, that probably are more shocking than, you know, spraying blood and whatnot nowadays. Yeah, um, there's more blood in this than there is in Halloween. Yeah, well, yes, yeah, 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 yeah the, ab- absolutely is, absolutely is. Because this was basically this this film was inspired by Halloween, but had the added bonus of the gore. But but you know what I mean? It's not it's not the gore fest. Yeah, it, it's not like there's a, a a whole pool of blood and somebody's in it or something. It's it's very subdued. It's very more purposeful. Subtle. Yeah. Yes. Yes. The one thing to mention though about this is if you watch this film in high def now, you can pretty much see how all the gags are done. <laughs> I actually did not watch it high def. I watched it on. I bought a uh, four pack, and okay. with that four pack came the digital. So I actually watched it on digital. So you don't get that crisp, clean, okay, Blu-ray high definition kind of thing going. Yeah. With that in mind, then I'll mention this now. If you want these films on Blu-ray in the UK, you're shit out of luck. You can get you can get the first three. <laughs> on blu-ray in the uk um i picked up the box set the u.s box set which has got them all in which are all the all the films i'll be reviewing in the next three shows from this box set okay cool i picked up it's a steel box with all the films in it inside a little book i picked it up for about this this is going to sound bad now i paid about 80 pounds two years ago that's not bad for a U.S. release from America, plus shipping, plus import taxes. I think I ended up paying about a hundred pounds for it. Okay. This was actually after Chris Clayton told me that about an eBay offer where you could get ten pound, ten percent off a purchase. So I bought one, and I actually ended up paying about sixty pounds. And when it arrived, it was damaged. So I sent yeah. it back, and the company didn't have another one to send me. So I got my money back. But then, of course, since I'd held it in my hands, I wanted it. So therefore, I, I, I had to go and buy another one, and I ended up paying a bit more. So, yeah, I paid £100 for it. And quite pleasingly, I went on Amazon the other day to look up some uh, some of the features on it. And they're now selling on Amazon for about 400 quid. Wow. Second hand. Shit. So it's going to take a fucking high offer to get one off of me, tell you. But yeah, yeah, it's a it's a lovely box set though. So yeah, I did watch this in high def. There are two deaths in this, and our feedback will allude to this later. There are two deaths in it where you can see that how the gags are done because the effects are done ah. by Tom Savini. Yes, yes, they are the legend Tom Savini. Um, yeah, lots of throat slashing and spearing by um by spears. Funnily enough, and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> lots of latex and lots of blood packs and all that, and you can see how it's all done. But that, that doesn't take away the enjoyment at all. No, no, not at all. Not at all. So, yeah, we got all of our camp counsellors. They get picked off. And then Mrs. Voorhees, played by Betsy Palmer, turns up. We think everything's all happy. And then she starts going mental. And <laughs> this final 20 minutes, I think, is one of the best in, in all slasher films, I think. it's It absolutely is uh, right up there with, in a lot of ways, for me, the ending of Halloween. Yeah, it a, a, absolutely. I absolutely agree. Yeah. Watching it this time, the only thing I did think was because um, the final girl played by Adrian King, she knocks Mrs. Voorhees down at least three times <laughs> and then sort of just walks off. And you think, fuck it, finish her off while she's on the floor. <laughs> I know. I know. But that's a trope. 
It just even if you just stab her in the leg with something so she can't run, just do something so she stays down. <laughs> but she just throws a ball of string at her at one point. <laughs> hey, it's effective. You never know. It, it works. It works. So yeah, it's great. And then obviously we get the final com- we get the final confrontation by the lake. And Alice, played by Adrian King, picks up the machete, runs at Mrs. Voorhees and whacks her head off. Which I'll be honest, the 11 year old me was not expecting. Right, right, right. And the great thing about the Blu-ray is, as Mrs. Voorhees' body falls over, you can see the two toothpicks sticking out of the dummy that were holding the head on. <laughs> and then you also get a nice close-up of the hands of Tom Savini's assistant waving in the air that clearly aren't Betsy Palmer because they've got thick black hair on the back of it. <laughs> hey, you know, you said she threw a ball of string. Maybe she thought Mrs. Voorhees would be overcome with the need to knit. Could be, could be. You never know. Well, there's just know. got that knitted sweater on, so it could be. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but uh, but that's the fun of it, I think, knowing all these things. Because at the time, when I was 11, I, I wasn't looking out for things like that. I was just excited by the story. So you get a nice beheading at the end, and you, you think it's all over. Alice gets in a boat, sits out on the lake where she thinks she's safe, and then we get the carry ending. Yes. Yeah, Jason leaps out the water and drags her in. So we do get a bit of Jason in here. We do. And, uh, yeah, fantastic. It's, I think the ending still works, even though you know what's coming. I still love the way the music's calm and then it just kicks in as yes. Jason leaps out the water. And, uh, yes. yeah, I don't think this film's lost any of its power for me over the years. I still enjoy watching it. Yeah, me too. Me too. As we, I want to, I'm going to mention something to you now as we, as we go forward to parts two and three. Hmm. Did, in the soundtrack, did you did you find an eerie resemblance to some of the Jaws music in Part Two and Three? Yes. Okay. All right. Also, Psycho as well. I got. Okay. Yes. Yes. All right. Good. We'll talk about that. Okay. Uh, you know this this film. Sometimes it's more fun to talk about the odd parts, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, how in the heck does little Mrs. Voorhees, you know, throw that girl? I think it's Brenda through the window. Yeah. So you're not supposed to ask all that. I know. How does she drag the body up into the tree so it flops down yeah. as Alice runs past and all that sort of nonsense? Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. It's absolutely daft. <laughs> but, um, but it's great fun. And, yes. Yeah. And I think, with all due respect to Sean Cunningham, he's not what I would call an, an auteur. He's not a director of note. He's more of a producer than a director. Right. And I think as the films go on, especially the next couple, I think the direction may be a little better. But I do like the way he's... Just the general look of the film, I think, is really, yes. really good. And the way that the, the directors of future parts carry on that look and they carry on that feel. Yes, absolutely. Especially these first four. I think, uh, yeah, it's really, really good. So, yeah, it's just, it's just one of them films. I haven't watched it for a few years, I'll be honest, probably about five or six years. But, uh, yeah, I was sort of I was thinking that time maybe have diminished it a little bit and I'll watch it now and go, nah, it's not no, very good now. no. It holds up really, really well. Holds up really well. Um, if people watch it and think it's a bit slow for the first hour, I get that. But at the same time, it's nice to have that build up because when the ending hits, it still really hits and it's still really effective. So I think, yeah, it's pretty much on the, on the nose, really. I, I've got two questions for you. Go on then. The goofy cop thing, it's still part of this, correct? And Good. did Kevin Bacon get a hand job in the pickup truck? Now, you've been speaking to Gore Blimey, haven't you? Yes. He's obsessed with that hand job scene, isn't he? Uh, he, he got handy. There's no way around it. Um, I have looked back at that scene, and it could be seen as that, yes. 
He's moaning. <laughs> yeah, if people don't know what we're talking about, there's a shot in the film where uh, the kids are driving along in the car and uh, it looks like Kevin Bacon's getting some relief as he's sat in the car. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody ever gets the chance to speak to Kevin Bacon, ask him. Yes, yes. <laughs> Amanda, she, she meets lots of people. That's right. There Amanda must know him somewhere. Yeah, that's the quest. We have to get to Kevin Bacon and say, will you get in yeah, your hand job? I, yeah, she, she's probably only one degree separation from Kevin Bacon. Well, we all are, really, aren't we? <laughs> Either that or Bruce Campbell, one of them, isn't it? There's only six degrees of it. Oh, God, that's right. That's it. That's right. But, I mean, the goofy cop are still a trope. I mean, you know, this, this started way back, what, in 72? Last House on the Left. Yes, yes. Yeah, he's not so much goofy in this one. He's just a bit of a stereotype, isn't he? Maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. If I'm correct, that cop in this film didn't know how to ride a motorbike. Oh, really? If you notice, when he rides off and he turns around and drives back up the path, he doesn't look too steady. No, he almost falls off, actually. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure this is... I know one of them, I saw an interview with one of them. It was in the uh, Crystal Lake Memories documentary. And uh, I'm sure it's this one. He said he didn't know how to ride a motorcycle. But, you know, Sean Cunningham just kept saying, all you've got to do is ride down the path, turn around and ride back. And he just couldn't get it right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? In spite of that, my favorite kill of the movie was still uh, beheading of Mrs. Borden's. Oh, yes, yes. It's still the best one. And it's done yeah. in slow motion as well. Yes. It, it helps with the tension, but doesn't help with the special effects. Probably on high def, especially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, there's some great kills in that. I always like the kill. Um, what's the character's name? The very first one who gets her throat slashed in the woods. Yeah, the hitchhiker. Yeah, and uh, I don't know why, because it's not particularly graphic. It's not. You know, I just, I don't know. I just like it, even though you can see clearly in high def that the latex on the front of her neck is a different color to the rest of her skin. <laughs> Again, a lot of those sins are hidden by watching DVD copies. That's it. You, you can see it on the DVD, but it's not as bad. If you, I remember back to the old VHS, you couldn't tell at all, and it looked really, really good. Right, 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 right. Tracking, tracking. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah, anything else? No, I'm curious what you rate this film. Ah, well, I rated it four red neck chiefs around the camp owner's neck out of five. Really? I went 4.5. Did you? Really? Yes, yes. I've got to say, I probably, a few years ago, I may have gone 4.5, but I think watching it in high def and you can see how some of the stuff's done, maybe it's not as perfectly put together as I thought, but I still get the same enjoyment out of it. Right, So right. it's a solid 4 for me, absolutely solid 4. Excellent. But yeah, 4 for you at 4.5, that's fine by me, yeah, I can see yeah, that. Yeah. Yep. I counted, I counted, um, seven kills in the movie. Yes. Which is, by my count, the least out of the first four. Uh, yeah, you're probably right, yeah. Yep, yep. Okay. Right, so, talking of the first four, should we move on to the next one? Yes! Let Ooh. us move on to the next one. Okay, let's play a trailer. June night in 1980, 
Friday, the 13th, 12 of her friends were murdered. Why should Friday the 13th, 1981, be any different? Friday the 13th, part two. The body count continues. 14. You're all doomed. You're all doomed. 15. God. 16. 17. 18. 19. Thirteenth Part Two, nineteen eighty-one, directed by Steve Miner, starring Amy Steele, Adrian King, Betsy Palmer, Walt Gorney, Warrington Gillette, Stuart Charno, Tom McBride, Russell Todd, and Jack Marks. In this one, Mrs. Voorhees is dead, and Camp Crystal Lake is shut down, but a camp next to the infamous place is stalked by an unknown assailant. <laughs> you bet it is. Right. And you mentioned uh, Warrington Gillette. And yes. He's our first Jason. He's our first proper Jason. Yes. Uh, although, yes. if you watch the Crystal Lake Memories documentary, there's a bit of contention about that. It, well, they also mentioned a, a stunt double. There's a stunt double whose name is... I'm sure it's Steve somebody. I can't remember the guy's name. But yeah, if you watch the uh, documentary, Steve Dash. Yes, yes. But, well, that's his name now. Uh, he was credited as Dashovitz in the film. Yeah, he was a stunt double for Jason. He claims that most of the footage you see on the film is actually him and not Warrington ah, Gillette. So, gotcha. um, yeah, there's a bit of contention there. So, uh, yeah, I will keep referencing the Crystal Lake Memories documentary. I think we'll talk more about that when we uh, round up the series. And this is Steve Biner. This is this is also the guy who gave us the remake of, what is it, Day of the Dead? Day of the Dead, yes. Oh, God. The, the classic that it is. The classic piece of shit. Yes? Yes. Yeah, Steve Miner, he's done some good films, and he's done Day of the Dead, so there you go. <laughs> but uh, he worked on the first Friday the 13th, and uh, yeah, his name pops up here and there over the next few films, various yes. reasons. So uh, yeah, he directed this one, and the next one. So yeah, you didn't see this at the cinema either, did you? This one I don't remember seeing at the cinema now. No. Um, right, I've got a strange relationship with this one. Is it because Crazy Ralph comes back? I like Crazy Ralph. No. I do too. You gotta love Crazy Ralph. (laughs) This is an odd one for me because this was the last one I saw out of the original Paramount films. The first eight films and I saw all the others before I saw this one because none of the video shops where I lived had it. Oh really? Was it just because of the uh, um, Video Nasties? 
I think that was probably part of it because okay. Okay. it was it was on one of the lists, wasn't it? Uh, the section three list, I think it was. And uh, yeah, you couldn't get it. And eventually, video. Sh- I went into one of the local shops and they managed to get it in for me, and I watched it. Um, so it was the last one I saw. So I didn't really have um, what do you call it, like a a relationship with it, if you know what I mean. Yeah, it's not one I grew up with. It's not one I saw. First of all, and then saw the sequels and blah, blah, blah. I saw it after I'd seen Jason Takes Manhattan. So the effect of this one is probably a bit um, hampered for me. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Also, thanks to Baz, mm. the character of, of Mark, uh, I, I nicknamed Wheels. <laughs> okay, right. I'm going <laughs> to point out yeah. something about his death. Okay. Which I noticed it on this watching, and it bugged me. When they put the machete in his head, she, they strike him with the blunt edge, not the sharp edge. Yes. Why would that go into his head like that then? Oh, I don't know. You're, 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 you know, you're kind of picking details. Well, no, if you're going to chop someone's head with a machete, you hit them with the bladed edge, surely, not with the <laughs> blunt edge. Yes. It's the wrong, it's the yes. wrong way around. <laughs> yes. And also in one of the other films, they do that where they slash somebody's throat with the wrong edge of the machete. They do, <laughs> and there's another death in one of the later ones, which I'll get to in the next show. Which one of the classic deaths in Friday the Thirteenth, and it shouldn't work. <laughs> and I'll tell you why when we get there. But um, the uh, the the character Wheels, yeah, did they expand his death scene in Friday the Thirteenth: A New Beginning or the final chapter? No, did they? Okay, I, I thought they might have expanded it and shown him rolling down the hill backwards yeah oh yeah they he does that is that is in the film yeah okay i didn't think it was in part two that's all yeah it's in part two he gets hit in the face with the machete the wheelchair goes back down the stairs and then okay it fades, gotcha. to, it fades to white when he's like halfway down or something gotcha gotcha so yeah basically the beginning of this film we get to see what happens to alice a couple of months after the events of the first film yes and this is where the problems start if you want to follow the timeline of friday the 13th Oh, we can't follow timelines. You You cannot follow the timeline because it just does not work. But in theory. In theory. Okay. (laughs) The look of Jason in this one, he's he looks like a one of the mutants out of wrong turn. Like a he's not the huge hulking beast that we get in part three onwards. He's a lot smaller than that. He looks like basically like a mutated teenager. Yes. Yeah. And when you watch this in relation to part three and what happens in then, and you think, well, if we flash back to that period of time, how come he looks like he's a big hulking beast and then he shouldn't be a big hulking? Yeah. (laughs) Basically, in part three, one of the people there was attacked by Jason years before and they show the flashback and he's the big hulking beast with the hockey mask build. Which yes. supposedly happened before the events have happened in this film, in, yes. in which he looks like a teenager who's half the size. Yes. So he, and saw, he shrunk it, and he grew again. And doesn't part three actually follow like the next, the same day or the next night? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, the timeline doesn't work at all. And also part four follows the same the next night after that. And somebody in that film has a photo of Jason in the local newspaper. But how the fuck did that happen? Who took the photo? <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> we'll ignore that for now. Part two. Yeah. So I saw this on video probably, ooh, well, after Jason takes Manhattan. So probably around about 89, 90, something like that. I think of this like I think of Halloween, too. I don't hate it, but it's not particularly great, I don't think. Right. 
a lot of people like this one. It's enjoyable. Yeah. Absolutely. But it's forget it's forgettable as well, I think. Yes. Um yeah, the only bit I really like is the bit I always think of is uh the final girl, Ginny, played by Amy Steele, who's a really good final girl, I think, one of the best in the series. Yes, yes, she is very, very good. She's very good. There's a scene where she runs in out into the woods and she finds Jason's shack that he's living in. And uh, she runs inside and she's stood by a window in there and you see the silhouette of Jason running towards it through yes. the woods. I love that shot. I think that's fantastic. That's, that's a really, really good shot. Yeah. But that's as enjoyable as the film gets for me, really. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I don't know. I don't hate it. I don't particularly like it that much. It's very much in the middle. I was I was very happy Muffin the dog did not buy the farm. Yeah, so what's the chances of two people with dogs of that breed walking in the same forest? Uh, about zero to none, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, I think that may have been a uh, last-minute edit change because somebody didn't like the dog death. Uh, probably. Um, probably. But the, en- the ending of this film is very, very strange because I know they had problems with it when they made it and they basically had to cut something out. And so you get an, a, the Jason attack at the end and then it fades to black and then you see the two people who were just attacked getting in an ambulance. Correct. Yeah, just does, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's this one is not uh, full of logic, that's for sure. No, but there are some good deaths. There are some good deaths. Yeah, I mean, it's very, it's just, it's a straightforward slasher. It is, yeah. I think you've got it there. I, it doesn't feel like it's anything special. Yep, no. Nope. This one. No. Nope. But um, I do like the, uh, the shot at the beginning when you see um, Alice's house. I love that street that she lives in. I want to live in that street. I just like the houses yes. and that whole, that total look, those wooden houses that they have in America, like that. Oh, very cool, very cool. Yeah, I like that. It reminds me of the street in Fright Night. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Sweeney did not do the special effects here. Nope, he didn't come back for this one because he assumed that Jason was dead. He thought they killed it all in the first film, so why would you come back? Yep. Which makes yep. sense from a plot point of view, because if Jason <laughs> did die in 1958 in the lake, and we're now in 1980 or whenever it is... What's he been doing? Why didn't he go back to his mum? Which he would have done. We're not expected to ask these questions, though, are we? Yeah, yeah. I, it's like in uh, Halloween Part 5. So we're supposed to believe that a, a well-coiffed and shaved Jason <laughs> slept, slept for a year. Michael mm, Myers, okay. you mean? Yeah, Michael Myers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> didn't have a poo for a year. I I didn't want to go there, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Jason poos because he's got a toilet. We see it. Yes. In his shed. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> you are right? You're dying? Yeah, no, no, I'm just, you know, I'm trying to remember. It's the next one that has the outhouses in it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah, Friday the 13th Part 2, it's, it's a slasher film. There's some good deaths. Some they ripped off from Barber's Bay of Blood and some other deaths that look pretty good. But, yeah, the ending doesn't make sense for me. And, yeah, it's just, it's not, it's probably the one I've seen the least out of all the series, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, and the Blu-ray doesn't look quite as good as the first film does on Blu-ray. It's quite grainy still. Right. But uh, it's enjoyable. A lot of people like this one. And... Yeah, considering where we're going to go later in the series, yeah, in terms of technical, technically wise, it's probably, probably is sort of in the middle towards the upper end. But yep. for me personally, it's not one that I return to very often. 
Right, right. This has got the brown silk panties in it. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Worth it. For, yeah, why would you put them on? Looks like you shit yourself. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, um, okay. So what did you score this one? I, I gave it a three because it's still for me, a well-above-average watch for a movie. Well-above-average enjoyment. I gave it a three. Wow. I still think it's... You know, if you're going to watch the series, I still think it's one you should watch. But, yeah, for me personally, on a... On a what's the word? On a nostalgic level, it's just not, not there with the first one for me. Right, right. But, um, and considering where we're going to go, if I went less, that sort of makes none of my other scores make sense. So, yeah, three. Part three. I saw this one in the theatre. Should we play a trailer first? Yeah. (laughs) Weekends are a good time to escape to the woods. Unless the weekend begins with Friday the 13th. Because 13 is an unlucky number. But out here, so are 1 through 12. Because these are Jason's woods. And nobody leaves them alive. Friday the 13th, part 3 in 3D. Jason, you can't fight him. stop him and now you can't even keep him on the screen friday the 13th part three in 3d now when it comes to killing in jason's woods jason will come to you friday the 13th part three in 3d a new dimension in terror. It will scare you. Count on it. Friday the 13th, part 3, 3D. Ooh. 1982. 82, directed by Steve Miner. Again, starring Richard Brooker, Rachel Howard, David Katims, Dana Kimmel. Uh, uh, who else? Who's the person I wanted to list? Hang on. Ah, the person I wanted's not on my list. Fuck's sake. <laughs> Larry Zerner, that's him. Larry Zerner and Jeffrey Rogers, Nick Savage and Terence McCorrie. Right. In this one, my computer's fucking around now. In this one, having revived from his wound, they call it a fucking wound, Jason Voorhees <laughs> takes refuge at a cabin near Crystal Lake. As a group of co-eds arrive for their vacation, Jason continues his killing spree. Yes, yes. Revived from his wound. Fuck's sake. I saw this in a theatre. Oh my god, the 3D was so terrible. Well, you'll be pleased to know that it's it's just as fucking terrible on the Blu-ray. <laughs> 
oh god yeah you know with the glasses and the paper glasses of jesus christ it was just stupid yeah the blu-ray comes with both versions and i put on the 3d and i watched about two minutes and went to the 2d version <laughs> there you go <laughs> i can't read anyway because i i can't put those paper glasses over my normal glasses <laughs> so if i wear, if i don't have my normal glasses, and i can't see i'm blind as a bat uh but um, the bits that I saw in 3D, no, it just looked shit. So we put it in 2D and just poke up with people putting yo-yos towards the camera and stuff like that. Yes, and, and the spear gun and the laundry and the pole. and Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it's, you know, I'm not going to criticise the film for that too much because, you know, around that time, a lot of films did that. Yeah, it's a, it was a gimmick at the time. Amityville and Jaws and all that, they all did the same thing. So, uh, yep, yep. so there you go. This was actually the first one I saw at the whole series. Really? Yeah, it was in the video shop, and I used to see the cover there, because I really liked the poster for this one. And uh, I just picked it up and said to my mum, can I get this one? She said, yes, and I watched it, and I've got a bit of... I didn't pay much attention to it. I put it on, it was sort of in the background, and I was watched up here and there. There wasn't much happening, and it was only in the last few minutes that I sort of paid any attention to it. And 30 years on, pretty much the same response now. <laughs> this is one that I... I used to really like, and I don't really like it anymore. I have a lot of nostalgia for this film, so that kind of helps with my my yeah. life. A- and it's got, let's be honest, it's got one of the world's worst biker gangs, you know. <laughs> ever. Gang, three of them. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, they are the world's worst. They are, yeah. They're not particularly intimidating or threatening. No. <laughs> but in this film, we do get Jason, as most people know him. Correct. We get the hockey mask. Yes, we do. Which is probably the best reason to watch this film, as far as I'm concerned. And and, and this one either starts it or certainly carries it on, having the 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 goofy tenth wheel friend. <laughs> you mean Shelley? Yes. You know what I mean? It, yeah, it's yeah. uh well, that, that that was in the first film as well. There was that character called Ned who wore the Indian headdress and danced around a lot. Yes, that's true. He okay, was there. Fair, so. play. fair, fair play there. But uh, he's uh, yeah, Shelley's more at the forefront in this film. He's uh, more defined. To be know. honest, he's he's the most memorable character in this film. Yes, he's yes, the one you remember, yes. and he's probably the only one I like in this film. <laughs> I, come on, I like the the I like the final girl in this one. Dana Kimmel. Fox, the uh, the the girl bike gang gang leader was hilarious. Chuck Chuck the stoner guy, you know, trying to take a poo is, you know, it's just yeah, fun. To me, those those characters, like the, the two hippies, why were they there? Why are they friends with these people who are clearly twenty years younger than them? I was just gonna say, doesn't doesn't Chuck look like he's about forty five? <laughs> yeah, these are these are hippies that have come out the sixties and they're hanging around with the Scooby Gang. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Why? I know, right? Yeah. Friday 13th Part 3, it's... I watched this... Obviously, it was the first one I saw, and then I had it on video when I bought all the videos. I had it... I bought it on DVD when it came out on DVD probably about seven or eight years ago, and I watched it then, and I liked... I remember going, ah, I quite like Part 3. There's some good stuff in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I watched it again, what, two weeks ago on Blu-ray, and it just went down for me. <laughs> I just just like this is boring. I can't say there's any kills I particularly like that much in this film. 
what what about uh, what, what about Harold and his wife? You know, Harold wanted to die. Yeah, uh, but yeah. Harold, Harold's wife gets a knitting needle jab to her neck or head. That was pretty cool. Yeah, but his wife is clearly somebody in her twenties who's been made to look like she's in her fifties. Well, you gotta quit following timelines and logic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as I said, the timeline logic on this because the main character she's has a flashback to when she met Jason before, who looks like he does in this film. Forgetting that in part two he didn't look anything like that. So yeah, I don't know. This basically plays off part one, doesn't it? The end of it is basically part one in yes. reverse. We got yes. Jason instead of his mum uh, attacking. Then the mum comes out the lake and all this sort of stuff. I don't know. <laughs> no, I just watched this and I'm hoping I'm hoping that the rest of the series is pretty much how I remember it. But this one, I remembered it better than what it was. I actually remembered it worse and enjoyed it more this time. Really? Yes. And I will say as well, the Blu-ray looks fucking terrible. Well, dude, you're watching an old 3D 80s movie. God, it must look atrocious well no because you watch a lot of old films on blu-ray they've been tied hey. up the first friday the 13th looks great on blu-ray all right fair play fair and you play. look at this one you can see marks on the camera there's scratches there's just weird fucking things on the screen there's just blotches and blemishes it looks horrible ah okay okay i don't think it's a particularly well edited film oh god no 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 it's it's serviceable it's fine it, but like with part two it just, I can put it on in the background and look up every so often and get what I need off of it, and that's it. <laughs> well, what what did you rate it? Uh, two and a half. Wow. Wow. I, I gave it a three. Okay. But yeah, what I found is, I, with the first four Friday the 13th, because Friday the 13th for me was always a given as a franchise. I've always loved them. Right. And I think as a franchise, as a whole, it's probably my favorite one. You know, like I said, uh, Elm Street, I love the first three, but the rest of the series I don't care about. Right, right, right. This is one where I think the whole series is fairly consistent. And, uh, yeah, I've always, they've always been a given to me, these films. So I haven't watched most of these for years because I, I put off watching all the Blu-rays when I got it because I knew we'd be covering it at some point. And watching right, them now, gotcha. say parts two and three, I just, I don't think they hold up like I thought they used to. So I'm hoping that the later films do. One of the interesting things is this sort of where we get the big hulking Jason Richard Booker. Yes, I actually quite like his look. I like the way he yes. walks. Yeah. And he, ma- he he makes noises in this one. Yes, he does. Yes. Not, not too know, sure how I feel about that. Uh, I, I think it shows, you know, he's not any supernatural thing yet. <laughs> what, like getting the axe in your head at the end of the film? All right. Details. Come on. Okay. Maybe his Maybe his deformity was his skull was enlarged and... The axe didn't penetrate his brain, just a skull. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, these are Friday the 13th sequels. These are all things. It, it's it's weird yeah. looking at them now with that critical eye because I haven't really watched them since I've been like a, a, a oh, quote unquote professional writer. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Since I actually had to do it rather than just watch films for fun, if you know what I mean. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I was a fanboy before when I last watched all of these, so now I'm watching them with that critical eye. I'm noticing a lot more, and uh, I don't want to. I don't want it to destroy my love of the Friday the Thirteenth films. But um, yeah, Part Three just doesn't hold up for me, even less so than Part Two. Uh, this one, if I counted 
correctly. It has about 12 kills in it, so this is, uh, this is the higher kill one. Yes. And Stan Winston is uncredited in this movie. Oh, right. I didn't know that. Yep. Alan, Alan Apone is, uh, the predominant one, but yeah, Stan Winston is uncredited. Oh, right. Fantastic. Well, so the effects aren't bad. No, no, they're not. But again, they're, they're goofier because they're trying to force the 3D part more than the effects. Yes. Yeah. It doesn't feel natural, a lot of it. Yeah. Like it did in the other films. Yeah. Right. I mean, especially the, the, he puts the hockey mask on. He got, he's got the spear gun and he's going to shoot the girl and, you know, they make that whole law drawn out thing. Yeah. And you can, you can see the, you can see the wire that the spear's on when the 3D and all that. There's no way Shelley even remotely looks like Richard Booker in size. No. Shelley, is that you? <laughs> no, it's a big hulking killer. <laughs> oh, God. The fact that Shelley's about a foot shorter, a foot wider, and got a Jufro. Yes, yes, <laughs> exactly. That's exactly right. <laughs> but I do like Shelley as a character. I think he's really well acted. He's supposed yes. to be annoying, but he has got a... a uh, uh, a soft side. Yeah, he's not yes. just the Joker. He has actually got a full character. Correct, compared to some of the other, you know, idiots. Yeah, I'd rather have seen Shelley in one of the other films. To be, honest. I think it'd have fitted in part four or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Rather than yeah. this film, but um, Ted. Yeah, Ted in part four. Well, let's go there then. Speaking of them, let's move on to part four. screaming for Friday the 13th the final chapter Jason is back he moves like a shadow dark and silent he never utters a word he doesn't even seem to breathe he simply Mindlessly, <laughs> mercilessly, <laughs> kills. But now, Jason's reign of terror is over. Friday the 13th, the final chapter. Jason's unlucky day. Friday the 13th, the final chapter, except it's not. 1984, directed by Joseph Zito, starring Peter Barton, Judy Aronson, Crispin Glover, Corey Feldman, Joan Freeman, Ted White, Wayne Grace, and Eric Anderson. And who plays Jason? Ted White, I said that. No, 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 no. Wait a minute, hold on. Oh, here we go. Richard Richard Booker, doesn't he? No, Ted White. All right. Richard Booker is part three. I thought Richard Booker played him here, too. No, Ted White. 
I don't believe you, so I'm going to go look and I'm going to be proven wrong. But that's okay. Go do what you like. I'll wait. I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm looking. Jason Richard Booker. Uncredited in the flashback footage. Are you on IMDb? Yes. Scroll. Are you on cast and crew? Yeah. Well, no, just all cast. Yeah. Click on all cast and crew. Scroll right down to the bottom. Okay. Hang on a second here. The cast. Ted White. Jason. Uncredited. Thank you. Well, hang on now. I'm going to go back. I didn't get that far. Richard Brooker, Warrington Gillette and Steve Dash are all credited as archive footage because they have that flashback at the oh, beginning. shit. Ted White is Jason in this film. Yeah, you're right. I know. Never question my authority again. Good Lord. Ted White was born in 1926. Oh, yes. He was an old bastard by then. God almighty. But with that in mind... I'm going to say, out of these first four films, he's my favourite Jason. Wow. Yeah. No, no, no. No, no, no. I, I thought I thought this one, I liked Jason the, the best in this one, uh, followed by part three. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I did not know that. Wow. In fact, I dare say, Ted White, after Kane Hodder, could be my favourite Jason. I love his performance in this. I think he's brilliant. He's really menacing. Yes, he is. And he can move. Oh, he moves pretty quick in this one. Yes, he does. That was a big departure that I noticed. Yes. Yeah, a lot more angry, a lot more aggressive. I love his performance in this. Yes. So, let's do the synopsis <laughs> after that little diversion. After being mortally wounded and taken to the morgue, murderer Jason Voorhees spontaneously <laughs> revives and embarks on a killing spree as he makes his way back to his home at Camp Crystal Lake. Oh, God. <laughs> Now, now that you've been proven wrong in front of both our listeners, we can talk about this film. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I saw this on video, late 80s, along with all the other ones, and immediately it became, I don't know how long I'm going to say it's my favourite, but certainly my favourite of the sequels to this point. Really? Yes. I, I saw it on um, VHS yep. or videotape at you know, in the 80s, probably VHS, and enjoyed it, but at this point, I still preferred Part 3 over Part 4. Okay. That has changed. Oh. On subsequent rewatches, I found I enjoyed this much more than Part... Well, not much more, but enjoyed it more than Part 3. Okay. I thought the plot was better. I thought the characters were a little bit better. Uh, I thought there was, you know, much more going on in this movie in terms of, you know, stories and plots than, than the last one. Yes. This film has characters in it. Yes. Not just one character, like part three. This has actual, a whole group of characters. Yes. And I think what I noticed more on this viewing is that Jason's not in this very much. I always thought Jason was in this film a lot, but he's not. No, he's not. First hour or so, you get that flash of him at the beginning. And then uh, you, you spend, say, the next hour or so with the characters at the lake. And I like them. I think they're good characters. I like the character of Ted. He's an idiot. He's a moron. <laughs> <laughs> but we all knew somebody like him at school. In fact, I think that was me at school. Oh, God, I'm sorry. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, oh, yeah, I was the one at the party who didn't end up with anybody but ended up watching porn. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I enjoyed the family. I enjoyed Samantha's character and Trish's character and Tommy's yes. character. That's it. I think they're all there. Young Corey Feldman as Tommy. Yeah, I, I like the characters. I think they're all good. 
I like Crispin Glover's dancing. Oh, God. Which has become the stuff of legend. That was just... I forgot all about that. Did you know, though, when he's dancing, that the song he's dancing to is not the song they're playing in the film? Yes. Yes, I did. Do you know what song he's actually dancing to? Uh, It's 84. Hang on a second. The year will not give you a clue. It's no, it doesn't. I just got to remember the order. It's like Back in Black or Highway to Hell, I think. Yeah, it's Back in Black. Yeah. ACDC. So that's why he's got that stuttering dance. And when you think about that, you think, oh, that probably makes a bit more sense then. Yeah, I, th- I thought he was just having a seizure. Yeah, it does look like it. <laughs> uh, you're almost rooting for Chris McGlover to live, but you know he's going to die. Yeah, yo, you know he's going to get it. And, uh, yeah, he gets the corkscrew or the corkscrew, as he says it. Yes. <laughs> through the hand. Yes. <laughs> and then the um, meat cleaver to the face, which is quite brutal. Yes. we got yes. Tom Savini back doing the effects. Yes, and that's obvious, I think. That's obvious. This is a real step. I think this film's a step up in quality. Yes. Certainly from part three, probably from part two as well. And we got and we got the twins in this movie, Terry and Tina. Oh, yes, the twins. <laughs> Not my favorite of the females in this film, though. I like the character of Samantha, played by Judy Aronson. Yes. She's the one in the boat, in the dinghy. Oh, yeah, yeah, Sarah. Right, 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 right. She gets stabbed from underneath when she's out in the boat. Yes, yes. And Judy Aronson, she's on the uh, Crystal Lake documentaries. It's Crystal Lake Memories okay. documentary. She still looks gorgeous. She has not aged at all. Wow. Wow. I, I have a question for you. I was, when I was watching this, I may or may not have blinked and missed it. Does, does uh, the mom, Samantha, die? The mom's not Samantha. <laughs> okay. Then the mom. Judy Aronson plays Samantha, but the mom does die. Yes. Okay. There is a deleted scene. The mum does die, but you don't see it on screen. You just see her turn. Okay. She okay. turns that, towards see, the camera I... and screams. Yeah. There is a deleted scene where um, they find her body. No, I don't. Tell a lie. There's a deleted scene where the daughter has a dream where the mother has drowned in the bath. And she wakes up and she's like a zombie-like thing. It is on the Blu-ray and the DVD, I think. Okay. Okay. I think there were plans to do a longer scene where you actually see the mother dead. But I think that got cut. Gotcha. Uh, who else? Oh, Bruce Marler's in this film. I forgot that. Who plays Axel, the doctor at the beginning who gets his uh, throat cut and head twisted off? Yes. Oh, Dr. Morgue attendant. He plays Fackler in the Police Academy films. Yes, he does. He, yes, does. he does. He's great in this at the beginning, yeah. Do- Dr. <laughs> Axel. <laughs> Watching his workout video. Yeah, great fun. Watching the watching the 80s workout video while he's trying to have sex. That was that just I was dying laughing. Apparently, that workout video was filmed especially for this film. Well, it, it may have been, but it was very similar stuff in the U.S. at the time. Yes, I remember. A bit like those uh, Linnea Quigley workout videos. Yes. <laughs> that yes. type of thing. Yeah. So, yeah, it, I mean, plot-wise, this film doesn't do anything different from any of the others, really. Group of kids by the lake, Jason kills them off. But it's the characters that make this film. And we get Tommy, played by Corey Feldman, who becomes the series' main um, antagonist, really, or protagonist. Yes, yes. And But don't forget, too, we had Rob the Backpacker, who added kind of another little story to it. Well, yeah, this is a story that sort of... This is picked up again in the remake. They make a big point of this. And it, he's looking for his sister who went missing. Yes. Rob's the character who has the newspaper clipping with a picture of Jason in it. <laughs> Yes, yes. Which which is a bit baffling. But um, he also has the best line in the film when he's been killed by Jason. Did you catch that? 
I, I I heard him say run run, but I don't remember the. He says run run. He's killing me. He's killing me. <laughs> <laughs> no shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, help me. <laughs> oh jeez. Oh jeez. Yeah. Yeah. I love Friday the Thirteenth Final Chapter. It still holds up for me as probably the definitive Friday the Thirteenth film. Really? Yes. Wow. This is the one when you people say Friday the 13th and you've got that image of Jason in the mask killing teenagers. This is the one for me. This is the one that's got everything in it that you need. Okay. Okay. It's not Kane Hodder as Jason. I think that would make it pretty complete if it was. But I like Ted White's performance. Ted White was asked to come back for one of the later ones, which he didn't. And I think he now regrets that. Well, he did regret it. He's, he's passed away at like 91. No, he hasn't. What? He hasn't died yet? No. Where did you get your oh, information God. from? I, I, I just assumed. I looked at the IMDb and said he's 91. Okay, he probably died. I didn't look. He died. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. We apologize to the family of Ted White. He's very much alive. <laughs> I Honestly, I didn't even give it a second thought. I thought, 91. Wow, okay. He's probably died by now. No, he's still alive. He was asked to come back to do parts. I think it was part six, but he didn't. Have you actually seen the Crystal Lake Memories documentary? I have not. Ah, you need to get on that, man. Seven hours yeah, long. Yeah, What? It's seven hours long. Holy Seven hours? Oh, yeah. You have to do it in two parts. But um, very, very good. Lots of background on this film in that. And oh, my God. Ted White didn't get on with Joseph Zito, the director, very well. Oh, really? Yeah, Joseph Zito directed Prowler. That's why he was chosen for this one. And I think um, I think Ted White thought he was a bit of a taskmaster. Ah, I got it. Like, uh, there's a story they tell you. The scene where um, Samantha gets killed in the boat, apparently it was freezing yes. cold. The actress got hypothermia. And Ted White basically said to the Joseph Zito, I'm not going to do this scene because she's ill. And Joseph was, no, you will do this scene. It's like, am I fucked? I'm going to walk off set. <laughs> <laughs> this woman needs medical attention. I'm not doing this scene, basically. Yeah. Well, I mean, the poor, the poor actress was naked. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know if she was naked in the in the boat if they got a cover on her, but in my mind, she's always naked. Well, yes. I mean, they, you know, you know what I'm saying. If I met her now, in my mind, she'd be naked. <laughs> <laughs> and deserves to be. Right. Yes. Yeah. So that. Yeah. I do recommend the documentary. So, so I have a question. Yeah. Does the documentary go in order of the movies? Yes. Okay. So I can watch the first whatever, however many hours it takes to get up through like part five after I've seen part five. Yes. Okay. Yeah. It's done. Have you seen the Never Sleep Again documentary? I, I own that one. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's exactly the same format as that. By okay. the same people. Cool. Okay. But yeah, it's seven hours long. It is fantastic. I do recommend you can watch it. I don't own it, but I think it's on Shutter in the U.S. Okay. I got a Blu-ray, a region-free Blu-ray from America, and I paid about 18 quid for it. And that's two Blu-rays, two DVDs. Wow. So it's not desperately expensive. Hang on, let me see if I can call but it up. Let's hope my Amazon typing skills are better than my IMDb reading skills. Well, let's hope so. You know. What's it called? Crystal Lake Memories? Yeah, I've got I've called one up on Amazon UK and it's 
It's a US release, two disc collector's edition, £12.46. But that's obviously UK, but, and that's, that's just dispatched from Amazon US. So in the US, it's going to be dirt cheap. Yeah, I can get a multi-format, two disc collector's edition for $16. There you go. Oh, nice. I highly recommend it. Sweet. Sweet. Yeah. Nice. I, in the last couple of years, I said I haven't watched any Friday the 13th films, but I do stick on Crystal Lake Memories every so often and watch a bit of that, because that like gives me my fix and gives me my greatest hits of the series in one little go. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. So, yeah. Oh, well, if you if you do get it, then maybe we can have a proper chat about it at the end when we do a roundup. Anyway, back to Friday the 13th, the final chapter. Yes, back to the final chapter. Back to the final chapter. We actually get the death of Jason in this one. We do. Well, the death of Jason as he is quote-unquote human. Yes. And yes. I didn't see this for years, this end scene, because on the UK VHS, it was cut out. What were they? He gets hung and then gets whacked with an axe? No, that's part three. Oh, hang on a second. Have you seen part four? <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah, this is, uh, this is where Feldog just goes all Feldog on. That's it, yeah, he goes to town with him with the machete and you see Jason slide down the machete and it chops the top of his head off and all that sort of stuff. Yes, yes. Yeah. yes. I didn't see that scene until I saw it on DVD about seven or eight years ago. Really? Yeah, you couldn't get it in the UK, it was cut. Was it because of the, the kid? There was a child that was going to town on the killer? Is that the deal? I don't know. It was just, I guess it was just cut out because it was deemed too graphic. I don't know. So at the end of the VHS, you just saw Corey Feldman whack him once with the machete, and then he fell on the floor, and then you saw Corey Feldman whacking him loads of times, and that's all you saw. Ha, huh, that's interesting. Yes. So for years, even though this was my favourite of the sequels, I always thought the ending was a bit, uh, not very, a bit of an anticlimax. Oh, well, yeah. And then I saw it on DVD and went, ah, there you go, that makes it better. Yeah, you didn't, uh, I mean, the version that I watched, could almost literally see part of Jason's face kind of start to slide off a bit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, the yeah, full effect. Oh, that was really good. But again, you could, on the Blu-ray, you can see how Savini done it, but it's still still no less uh, powerful for it. Yeah, he slides down the machete, his head full, top of his head starts to slide off, and then Feldman goes to town with the machete and just whacking the crap out of him. So as far as we're concerned, Jason's dead, and this is the final chapter. Yes, as far as we're concerned. Yes, until 1985. <laughs> well, yes, yes. The uh, you'll, I'll, you'll be happy to know that I've just placed my order. It should be here Tuesday. Fantastic. <laughs> Not that I'm pressuring you into it. Uh, $16, $16, so that's what, maybe 11, 11 pounds? Yeah, that's damn good. Yep. Yep. Excellent. Yeah, that's a two, two evenings worth of watching for you. But yeah, the part four stuff on there is really interesting. When you hear uh, Ted White's take on things is rather different to Joseph Zito's. Okay, I, I'm I am absolutely curious now. Yeah, yeah. And I and I think counting the mom, this one has uh, twelve kills. So okay. it's still, you know, we still got the high body count. Yeah, we haven't hit the magical thirteen though, unless you would count Jason as well. <laughs> well, I don't ever count Jason. I'm just more like, you know, you know what I mean. Yeah. Okay, so I'm interested to know what you scored this one. I scored this one a three point five. Okay. I, I'm, you know, the more I talk about it, the more this is actually a, a four star for me. So what are you giving it? Four stars. It's not as good as uh, Friday the 13th, the original, okay. but it's certainly a better quality movie if I take nostalgia out of part three. 
Um, it's certainly better, better than the first two movies or the second and third movie by okay. longs. Right. What did, you, what did you rate it? I rated it a four. How, how could you go to a four? What do you mean? You, you, you banged on about this movie. This has got to be at least a yes. 4.5 for you. If you'd have asked me this 10, 15, 20 years ago, yes, it was. But I'm watching it now with my critical eye, you see. So I'm okay. picking up on the things that I'm going, like, oh, okay. I think the one difference for me is, like I said earlier, there's not as much Jason in it as I remember. So I think true. if if they'd have put Jason in it, maybe in the middle somewhere and we saw a bit more of that, maybe it would go up a bit for me. But much like the first film, it's a solid four. You know, I'm I'm never going to give it less than that. Okay, gotcha. This is gotcha. pretty much the defining one for me. I don't think any of these films, if I'm honest, are going to get a five out of, from me. As like right. I said, Friday the Thirteenth. None of them are perfect, but they're all fairly consistent. They're all around that sort of three to four mark, more or less. Whereas right. you, you look at something like Nightmare on Elm Street, where I go, yes, that one gets four point five, but the worst of the series gets a one. You know. Right. This series right. is a lot more consistent. But yeah, it's a solid four. I don't know whether I prefer it to the first one yet. I'm going to have to uh, see how I feel when we do our summing up at the end. But um, okay. okay, definitely okay. the best of the sequels. It, the interesting thing that struck me when I finished the first four is I set about trying to come up with a franchise where the first four movies were at least as solid as this. Yeah. I, I, I haven't been able to come up with one. I mean, you've got Halloween part four, mm-hmm. you know, you've yeah. got, uh, you know, none of the nightmare on Elm street was that it was not this consistent. No, the first three were, but no, four was a big drop off. Yes. Yes. I, I just don't think that there's a franchise where you get a reasonably solid four movies out of the gate like this. No, I mean, even for my not liking part three as much, I still would Part three still shits it over the, the worst of the Elm Street series or the worst of the Texas Chainsaw series or whatever. Right, yeah. right. There's a lot more consistency with the Friday the 13th because, I mean, it is essentially somebody stalking kids. That's it. Right. So for me, the first four films, while my opinions of two and three have gone down over the years, I still think they're perfectly serviceable with slasher films. Yes, yes. Believe it or not, this is the jumping off point for me. I have not seen any of the other ones. Fantastic. So the next show is going to be really interesting then. I have not literally not seen any of the other ones. So it's I've started buying when I see him in the dollar bin. Yeah. Getting some of the other ones because I haven't seen them and I don't own them. So, you know, it's going to be I'm excited to catch up because okay. even though I've I, I don't even think I've listened to any of the podcasts that I listened to that covered the later part of the series. Cause I didn't want to, I, I know some parts, mm. which is unfortunate, but it's not that unfortunate. Okay. Well, so you're, you're going into them fairly blind then. Yes. Oh, well, those are the shows I like <laughs> because I know that at least one of the films we're going to cover on the next show is may cause a little bit of controversy with my opinion of it. Oh, with your opinion. Okay. You always cause controversy with some of your opinions. I know I do. <laughs> but that's what opinions are for. I, I exactly. I think it makes it interesting. Yeah. So yeah, so that's the first four done. So yeah, so next show we will cover parts five to eight, which will cover the original uh, run of Paramount films. So uh yeah, interesting. I'm I'm hoping yes. my opinion of them hasn't gone down like it has with parts two and three. I hope not either. 
And I don't think it will. I don't think they will, because I've watched those fairly recently. Okay, cool, cool. Excellent. So uh, we shall wait till next time then to see what you think. Um, I've got some feedback. Would you like to hear it? Yes. Who, who is it from? Is it is it Gore talking about handies? No, it's not. Well, maybe, but that's private. I'm not reading that out on the podcast. <laughs> How dare you, you cheeky 70. No, it's from our good friend Blue. Oh, excellent. Excellent. So I'm going to read this. I had a, I had a good right giggle at her last, uh, uh, feedback. So I'm, I'm, I'm excitedly awaiting. Well, await no longer for here it is. Hi guys, Blue here with some feedback on the first four films in the Friday the 13th franchise, and I'm going to do a proper review and keep it clean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what can I say about part one? Absolutely nothing that hasn't been said over the years. It's a classic and I love it, even if Kevin Bacon's neck is a completely different colour during the throat stabbing scene. Yes. And Mrs. <laughs> Voorhees has toothpicks holding her head on and very manly hairy hands. Thanks for pointing that out, Chris, during our little chat on Twitter. I went back and took another look. It all just adds to the charm. So it's five strip monopoly games out of five where everyone is naked. <laughs> wow. High praise. She gives it a five. Okay. Oh, nice. Part two. I really like the way the final girl in the first film was dealt with at the start. It's full of scantily clad horny teens. It's got crazy Ralph. I think we're related. <laughs> Yeah, from your part of the world, you probably are. There were a lot of kids in this film, which means a lot of kills, and I wasn't disappointed with the myriad of weapons at Jason's disposals. Uh, sorry, Jason's disposal. I really like the skinny dipping scene. I can't tell you how much I willed those young, fit male bodies to turn round, but alas, it wasn't going to happen. Are you sure this isn't from Gore? <laughs> no, it's definitely blue. Right, just check it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Now, I don't know about you two, but I don't go skinny dipping. I'm chunky dunk instead. <laughs> yeah. And never in a lake. Naked. You never know what's in there. I really like this film, and it gets four strip monopoly games with one person still wearing knickers out of five. <laughs> four? She liked part two. Okay. Yes. Part three. If I remember, this film was made for 3D, so it has bits sort of sticking out and being thrust at you, like handles of pitchforks and things. I've never seen it in 3D, and I must try it one day. No, seriously, don't. No, don't, <laughs> don't. So the kids are annoying. I especially hate the girl they pick up from the house and her attitude towards her date, Shelley. What a cow. I hate shallow people. There's nothing wrong with how he looks. You might be pretty, sweetheart, but your stinking attitude makes you ugly. Here, here. After that, I just wanted them all dead, except for Shelley, and as quickly as possible. I laughed at the biker gang. The only hard character out of them was the sassy girl. She was great and quite intimidating. Very pretty, too. The guys in the gang, well, I've seen harder, more intimidating, flaccid willies. No, I really have. <laughs> That's definitely from Gore. <laughs> there are some good kills. I especially like the one where the biker gets clubbed to death, and he jerks with every blow. And how do you have sex in a hammock? Quickly, by the looks of it. How did she keep her hair looking like she just got it done at the hairdressers? I never look that good post-coital shenanigans. I look like I've been dragged through a hedge backwards. And is that a... Oh, no, it, it's a real pearl necklace. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> it all then climaxes yeah, to where Jason, Jason gets an axe to the frontal lobe. Well, I give this three and a half strip Monopoly games out of five. I'm still wearing underwear because I have Mayfair and Park Lane. Oh, yes. Part four, the final chapter. The only thing I can say about this is boring. Oh, blue. oh, oh, wow. Oh, blue, dearie me. But I found myself looking at my messages and eating salty nuts. <laughs> Anything not to feel bored. Corey <laughs> Feldman bouncing around his bed while watching his neighbour undress is how I picture you two at the sight of naked boobies, which I have to say gave me quite a giggle. 
<laughs> the guy dancing looked like he's having an epileptic fit, and that's and that's all the notes I took because I became completely bored. I can only give it two strip monopoly games out of five because I've got old Kent Road. <laughs> Thankfully, this is the final chapter, which it isn't. Oh, for fuck's sake! Well, I'm happy to keep that clean. I kept that clean. At least I think I did. I don't have time to proofread. I'm being shouted at as it's my turn to roll the dice. Oh, double six! There goes my bra. Best wishes, Blue. <laughs> Yeah, thanks, Blue. Um, you're wrong about part four. It's not boring. <laughs> quite, quite the uh, uh, opposite opinion of us. Yes, yes. Yeah. But there you go. That's like I said. That's people's opinions. Yep, yep. She was much more creative in her awarding of stars. Yeah, I, I, I keep meaning to do that with everything, and then I end up dropping it for some reason. So we need, yeah. we need to, we need to bring that back. I need yes, to remember. Yes. We will do that. But yeah, I love Blue's feedback. She always gets in the spirit of it. Yes, exactly. And always mentions boobs, which is great. <laughs> and we are 12, after all. We are. So, yeah, if you'd like to write to us about boobs and things, or anything else you like, really, you can do so at ancientslumberpodcast.gmail.com, or you can catch us on Twitter at ancient underscore slumber. Right, then I think that's business taken care of until next time. I think it is. I think it is. I'm looking forward to the next one. We'll cover the next four Friday the 13th films, which you have never seen. Oh, fantastic. Yes. And I am actually considering going uh, the digital route on the movies I don't own. Okay. Are you going to watch the bits of Crystal Lake Memories that refer to the next few films before you've seen them? Or are you going to watch them completely blind? No, no, no. I'm going to watch them completely blind. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. If Actually, if you watch the films and then watch the sections on the documentary. Yes. Yes, that's going to be my And then mind. you might get your facts right for the next podcast, mightn't you? God, again, I apologize <laughs> to Ted White and your family. I'm sorry. <laughs> if he dies within the next, now by the time we do the next podcast, then I think there's a case to be made there for your fault. Oh, God. If he dies, I will feel so stupid. So bad. <laughs> oh, my God. You'll be making a public apology on, on the Fox News. There you go. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Right next to Scott Bale, you got it. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh. oh, well. Well, with that in mind, I suggest we better go before anyone else dies. Yes, exactly. <laughs> As we mention their names. <laughs> <laughs> God almighty. <sighs> and with that, bye. Bye. Did you know that a young boy drowned the year before those two others were killed? The counselors weren't paying any attention. They were making love while that young boy drowned. His name was Jason.